these are those days where it just a, seems to be a disproportionate amount of children to adults, and you're just sure somebody's dropping off their kids. I don't know who it is, but we will find out. <laughs> uh, good morning, everybody. Good to see you. Thank you for joining us at kind of post-Easter time. I know a lot of people like to take that Sunday off, but we're glad you're here. Um, going to continue the Easter story a little bit, but quick shout out to my friends Scott and Jenny visiting from the Fresno area, dear friends of ours forever. Uh, Scott was inducted in the Westmont Hall of Fame last night, so be sure to get his autograph uh, afterwards. He'll be out on the patio. Uh, yeah, we know we love them and, and glad to have you guys with us. Uh, so you guys know we have bunnies at our house, so that started uh, early pandemic. Um, my daughter, Bella, came home with a bunny. Like She just decided she was going to get one from a friend, and she came home with it. It wasn't a discussion. It just showed up at our house. Uh, and if you remember, I did a, a, a reveal to Amy, like live streaming that uh, during church one Sunday morning. So it was kind of fun. But so we had one bunny, and, and as bunnies do, it turned into two. Uh, not because it multiplied, because we got another one. I think they can also do it by themselves. Weird. But they, they, so we ended up with two, and then we moved to uh, a space where we actually had a yard. And we ended up with four. It blew up to like six bunnies at, at one point. And uh, they're fun. You know, they free range in our, in our yard. They just kind of roam around. And a couple of months ago, um, we've had pretty good luck with them, honestly, and one of them w was missing. And sometimes they kind of like hide for a little while, and this one just like, just seemed like it's been gone longer than it should be. And we check all the you know, perimeter, and it seemed fairly secure, and like, damn, bunny, little bunny got out. And I was like, it was really cute, calico-looking bunny. And it had, you know, it disappeared. And so we kind of start, you know, looking around for it. But it's really hard just to look, look for a bunny. And it was, it was tough. Like, it had its sister there. And it was just sort of like the match wasn't even anymore. And so we were kind of sad to, sad to lose this bunny. Not sad like we're putting up signs in the neighborhood. But, like, we were sad about it. And, um, and my, my, a bunch of time goes by. I mean, maybe a, a good month or, or two. And it pops up on next door that someone had seen the bunny. Like there's a sighting that someone posted. Like, is this, is, this your, is this your bunny? And it was on the side of the road off Blackburn and Kimball, a really kind of hard place to, to get, get, this, get, a, get a bunny, see a bunny. And, and someone had captured a photo of it. And we're like, oh my gosh, like there's, there's hope. Like there, there, the bunny is out there. And I guess we have to go look for it now. And so we begin this sort of process of showing up at this spot where it was last seen. And, and, you know, we're bringing food, and we're setting it up, and, like, there were certain times of day we thought might be, might be out there, and uh, Amy's mom was out there looking for it one day by herself, and, like, Danielle Askey drives by, and she's like, what is Susie doing out in the bushes? Should she be, should she be out there, you know? Should I call somebody? And, because uh, you're just, like, rummaging through these bushes off Blackburn, and, you know, we do that for a few days, and we're like, you know, we're going to find it, and then, like, it kind of tapered off, right? And um, we just sort of, I don't know, maybe it doesn't want to come home. And I don't know, like a couple weeks later, this, this couple like text messages through uh, Instagram. I think they found Amy. Like, we think we saw your bunny. Like, we think we saw, think we saw your bunny again. And I'm like, okay, cool, like the bunny. And then like a few days later, they said, we captured the bunny. We, we've got the bunny in, in our bathroom right now. At least, like, we, at least we think it's your bunny. And, and it's this young couple. And we're like, oh my gosh, this is a miracle. And so I, you know, I pick up like a case of Made West. I go over to the house. And like, sure enough, it was our bunny in their bathroom. And this, this couple had seen it a couple times going by. And this is a hard place to stop. And it's a dangerous place to get out and walk and find it. And the husband like, was really concerned about this bunny. So he, he like, for days, he would park. He would go and find this, this little bunny. And he brought little bunny. And we brought it home. And like, the bunny wasn't as feral as I thought it would be. It's still cuddled. And it slept in Bella's room that first night. It's amazing. Like, how did this thing come home? Like, we had hope and then there's like no hope and then there's like a sighting of it and like I'm like there's hope again and they're like ah, it's, it's not going to work out and so you're kind of riding this roller coaster and, and, and like bunny was restored to the family for a few days before it's gone again 
the bunny is gone again. And I haven't seen it on next door yet. I just, it's just not meant to be, I guess. It was really hard. It was really weird. Like, my bunny is back, and now it's disappeared. Like, why? Now I'm kind of like resentful toward the bunny. Like, what's your deal, dude? Like, just live here with the other bunnies and, and stop putting us through this stress. But, but super confusing and super, like, just crazy, these kind of ups and downs. And sometimes it's almost worse, like, knowing it was out there. Like, we almost wish it was, you know, someone oh, it's, it's on the side of the road, it's roadkill, it's like it's gone. But knowing it's kind of out there was, like, hard for us. Like, is it, is it gone? Is it coming back? And then it shows up. And, like, hope is a weird thing that way as we get into the text of this kind of post-resurrection Jesus activities. Like, hope can be weird. Like, we need hope. We live on hope. We thrive on hope. Hope is, 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 is like breath. It's like air. We need hope. But it can be hard. It can be hard because sometimes when we have hope, and if you've ever been there, and whatever that is, it's a relationship, it's health, it's a job, it's your future, it's your kids, it's, you have hope for something, it's, it's, it's a better life for yourself, it's a, you know, it's, it's a dream you once had. You have that hope and you hope it can happen, but it can be weird because sometimes you wonder, am I just lying to myself? Am I just lying to myself? Why am I even going along with this? Like, the, who, the bunny's not coming back. Like, why am I like, oh, no, there's a little, like, someone thinks they saw, there's like this little bit of hope, and it could be difficult, right? So, so the, for the disciples, the followers of Jesus, after he's, you know, risen from the dead, he hasn't really shown up to anybody yet, but there's like these rumors that he might be back, like they're kind of riding this like roller coaster, like, oh my gosh, like, first of all, we thought this was going to be totally different to begin with. We did not expect it to go down this way. We had hoped for major change and reformation religiously and, and within the empire and within governance. We, we hoped there would be all this change in the world because of Jesus, and what we saw is him just put to death and across like a bunch of other criminals, like a common criminal. And so like, wow, that didn't make sense. That didn't seem to work out. And then it was like, wow, someone said, well, I don't know, maybe he's not dead anymore. Like, I, wow, how can he not be dead? Like, what does that even mean? And so they're, they're kind of processing this. We look into Luke 24, very end of Luke 24. And the disciples had ridden this, this excitement, this little bit of hype, uh, and, and there was hope as they followed Jesus. I mean, he's going to overthrow the empire, and everything's going to be different. We're going to sit at his right, right and left hand, and we're all going to have jobs in the, in, in the palace. And they kind of had this false expectation, but there was hope there. And then as it even started to get difficult, well, I was hope he'll probably get out of this. There's going to be all this. But then it doesn't. But nothing, nothing happened. There was no change. And so we find that we're going to meet them hanging out in this room, hiding. And it's this almost impossible situation that you basically you got the 11 disciples and others who had, who had gathered around with them after Judas has, has, has been gone. And they're meeting like in private, just trying to figure out the plan for the next move. Like what just happened? We just gave up years of our life. We're following Jesus. Like, gosh, is, can he be coming back? Is that even the thing? They're frightened. They're confused. Right? Their initial response to the, to the evidence of the resurrection was disbelief. Like, no. No, right? Remember last week we talked about Mary shows up and she has an encounter with Jesus, and Peter and John go and they see the empty tomb, and like, but the other disciples didn't even come. Mary's like, oh my gosh, he's not there, and like only two of them went to like see. The other ones stayed in their stayed in their room, and Peter and John didn't really know. Like, well, I don't know. I guess he's not here, but we're not really sure where he is. And so the initial evidence evidence of the resurrection is disbelief, right? They're almost like, oh my gosh, someone saw the bunny. Like, I don't believe that. Now they're hiding behind locked doors. They're, they're grieving. And they're also in there for their own their safety because they were afraid as Jesus followers that someone's going to come after them now. Right? And life just seemed to have closed in on them very quickly. And it seemed like impossible for them to continue the ministry they had when Jesus was with them. Right? Well, how do we just do that? 
We can't do that now. We don't have Jesus. I can't do it. Right? We've been there in certain places of your life where things are going well. Something changed. Like, oh, I can't do it anymore. Can't do it. And they're looking out their window, and Rome is no less Rome. Rome is no less Rome. The Pharisees are no less the Pharisees. Those same systems seem to be just as in, in places they were before Jesus. And so much has happened. So much has happened. And yet, and yet, when they look out that window, nothing's changed. And that could be hard, going from living in excitement and now in despair. And their faith in this story, if you read through the Gospels, it's tried and it's tested. And when it was all said and done, most of them ran and hid. I mean, this is just a few that are even staying around. One of them even denied knowing Jesus, one of his closest friends. And talk about being defeated. This is where we find them this morning. They're still in this place of disbelief and they're overwhelmed. Just like probably some of you are here today, you're just, just overwhelmed. It's just, like, that's a good word, I'm overwhelmed. They're overwhelmed. And Jesus returns, and before he's going to return to his rightful place at the right hand of the Father in heaven, he's like, I gotta, I'm going to visit these guys again. We're going to go through a couple things again. And then he'll be gone again, and it's just a lot to take in. So Luke 24 goes like this. I'll read it, I'll read along. I'll read it. You could uh, just listen along or read it in your app or, or Bible. Uh, so this is post sightings at the tomb. Jesus is out. He's actually had this encounter with a couple of disciples where he shows up alongside of them on this road, and they don't know it's him, and then he, he reveals himself. And so these two disciples in verse 33 said they got up after encountering Jesus, returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the 11 and those with them. So there's this assembly uh, of disciples and Jesus followers in this, in this home. And it says, it's, it's, they said it's true. They walk in his room and it's true. The Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what, ha- what, had happened to them on, told what had happened to them on their way, how Jesus was recognized when he broke bread with them. So they have this encounter like, it's true, it's true, it's true. I know we've heard it, but it, it is true. And so they're all talking about this. Like, Can it be true? Can it be true? Verse, verse 36. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened. In the Greek, startled is really more like terrified or frightened. So it's like they were terrified upon being terrified, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, why are you troubled? Why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It's my, it is me myself. Touch me and see a ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. And when, they, when he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And, and they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement. And he asked them, do you have anything to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate in their presence. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms. And he opened up their minds so they could understand the scriptures, and he told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. He said, you are witnesses of all these things. I told you about it. It's in the text. You just saw it. You are witnesses of all these things. I am going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with the power from on high. When he left them out of the vicinity of, when he left, then excuse me, when he led them out of the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them, was taken up into heaven. Then he worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem. They returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continuing at the temple, praising God. So Jesus walks into this room, and you can just kind of imagine sort of being in that, in that place, just totally frazzled and, and fried and, and just confused and riding these waves of hope. And he walks into the room and says, hey, peace be with you. Peace be with you. And peace is absolutely what they needed. 
But peace be with you also is just a very common way to greet people. It came in, it's like kind of saying, hey, what's up, fellas? What's up, guys? Like that was a very common sort of way to make an entrance. Hey, guys, how's it going? Peace be with you. Very almost casual. I'm like, what did peace be with you? What the heck? What are you talking about? He walks in like, what are you guys up to? And so there's this comfortability that Jesus brought to them in this place. And that peace comes through that, comes from that place of Jesus. It's like, yeah, I'm here. I'm here. What are you guys talking about? What are you frightened? What are you, what are you doubting, doubting for? How's it going? And so they were startled in their faith. They were terrified and frightened and just freaked out. He said, why don't, you, why don't you touch me? Why don't you touch me? Check out my hands and feet. And he wants them to understand this is, this is real. Let me have something to eat. Let me have something to, to, to taste. You know, I can't be a ghost because look, I'm eating this fish. And he allows them to get close and watch him and observe and touch and feel and see and hear. And there's such a difference between you and I when you talk about relationship with Jesus that I believe is still afforded to us. It's a difference between talking about God that they were talking about him and encountering God, now encountering Jesus. They were spending this time kicking around all these ideas amongst themselves, and now Jesus was there and everything's changing. I think sometimes, even in our own lives, especially when we're in places of despair and hopelessness and hurt and confusion, we can spend a lot of time talking amongst ourselves. Right? We'll go to sometimes go to prayer groups and we'll, we'll talk about amongst ourselves for like 55 minutes and we'll pray for two minutes. And there's something about encountering God. Like, let's go to encounter God. Let's see what happens there. He said, why are doubts, why did doubts arise in your mind? And so they still didn't believe because of joy and amazement. It was almost that like they were switching a little bit from being terrified, but like, it's, it, they're like, it's, this is too good to be true. It can't be true. This is just too much. This is too much. And just because you don't believe, I mentioned this last week, just because you don't believe in him or don't believe Jesus doesn't mean he's not right there. He's just right there. Just because you don't think God is working in your life doesn't mean he's not. I would argue that he is. I, uh, I like to get out and walk. Or somebody's run, but more walk lately. I our neighborhood, I go up the foothills, sometimes up to, to Harmon, and, and pretty regularly. Like, it's a pretty good pattern for me. I'll, 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 I'll put on a podcast or pray or just, just, just get some air. And I, and, uh, and I kind of have a good rhythm doing that. And I see our na- one of our neighbors, th- guy Tom, an older guy, lives a couple houses away. And I, I see him walking all the time, too. I, like, usually when I'm driving by, he, has a, he, he walks at different times than I do, but I see him, see him walking. And I'm coming back from a walk the other day in our, in our cul-de-sac, and I, and I walk by the house, and Tom's out there gardening, and he's just always out there gardening. He always, he's always waiting for someone to come by and talk, talk to you, right? He's just one of those kind of neighbors, which is great. I love Tom. And he's out there kind of doing his thing, and, and I walk by, and, and we just start chatting and, you know, kind of making small talk and, and, and touching base. And he's like, oh, did you go for a walk? I was like, yeah. Uh, yeah. He's like, yeah, I'd like to get out there, you know, as much as I can. And, and he's like, oh, how often do you go? I'm like, I don't know. I, I mean, I wouldn't say every day, but, like, pretty often. He's like, huh, I never see you. <laughs> And I was like, I go out like every day, Tom. Like, what do you mean you never see me? I like, I never see you. But he was kind of like, huh? I was like, he, but he's like, ask me, what's your like, what streets do you go on? Like, I'm like, Tom, I tr- trust me, I go for walks. Or I don't, whatever, you know. <laughs> but he was kind of real interested because he's, he's like, he's like, I know I go for walks, but I don't ever see you going for walks. So how do I know you're you for a walk? We have this kind of this funny discussion. We kind of make make a joke about it. But I almost wonder sometimes when we think about, you know, our relationship with God, my relationship with God, your relationship with God, and many times we're like, ah, I don't, like, see God doing anything. 
And you hear from the front, like, God is moving. And we sing these songs. Like, man, God is doing stuff. He's alive and active. And there's revival right in our midst. And, and you're like, oh, I, don't, I don't ever see God doing anything. I, I, I haven't seen that. God's like, oh, I'm totally doing stuff. Like, oh, I, I never see you. God's like, yeah, I totally am. Like, oh, that's funny. I never see you do anything, God. And God's like, that's funny because I do it every day. Right? We just miss out sometimes. Jesus is like, I'm here. Trust me. Oh, this can't be happening. Yeah, it is happening. It is happening. Touch me. See me. Hear me. There's an invitation. There's always about invitation. Jesus is about invitation, getting closer to him, getting closer to the Father. He's going to give them the indwelling Holy Spirit. Let's get closer. Let's get closer. There's an invitation to come closer. And they begin to worship him, and he, and he goes through this, this illumination of, of, of the text and the scripture, and he opens their mind. Sometimes we need that prayer, like, God, just open my mind to the scriptures. He's like, all right, let's go to the scriptures. Let me help you understand this. And he he leads them through this process of touching and and feeling and experience and also the text. Let's go back to the word. Let's understand the text. This is what he did for the two disciples on the road. Opens up their eyes and their mind to the the story of God through the Old Testament. And he blesses them and he he returns to heaven and 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 they become, start worshiping. And they longed, they looked upon Jesus, and they reconnected. And I love a couple, just a couple things. We'll, we'll, we'll close out, actually, probably just a few minutes. But Jesus encountered them where he was at. Now, he saw them in a place of panic, and he said, what do they need? They just need me to kind of come in here and be, and be chill. Hey, peace be with you guys, right? And he turns their panic into peace, and this is what Jesus offers. He will always offer this. He will turn your panic into peace, right? Whatever that panic is, he would love to turn them into peace. Turn the panics into peace. And they're confused. They don't know what's going on. They don't know where to, to go next. Let's reach, close the door. What's happening out there? Could be. No, I don't know. Someone coming in. Um, it's hot in here. But he turns the panic into peace. So, so he offers that. Remember, he offers that. Uh, and they're confused. And Jesus will always turn confusion into clarity. He will bring clarity to those places of confusion. He wants to bring comfort in those areas. This is it. So when you're feeling these places, there's a lot of places we can go for help, and I'm for books and friends and, and people and counsel and all that, but there's also a guy named Jesus. So let's, let's talk about that. I'm, I'm panicking here, Lord. I'm panicking. I'm panicking. All right. Somebody said, let's walk in. All right, that's cool. I get it. I get it. Peace be with you. I'm so confused. I'm so confused. Oh, geez, I'm so, hey, I get it. It's okay. I understand. I'm helping clarity to that. This is what he's offering. This is how he's starting them out. This is how he's starting them out. And what they, what they thought was going to happen didn't happen. Right? Anyone ever been there? Oh, what he thought was going to happen didn't happen. That's life, basically. And how often is like, I didn't think that was going to happen. It was really hard, but it actually worked out better. It worked out better. This is going to be the story that's going to spring, springboard us into like acts. Wow, we didn't see that coming. Didn't expect the cross. Thought it was going to go differently. But now, actually, I'm beginning to understand this is what, how it's meant to be. This is going to go better. I've had so many conversations with people. Like, I, and I lost my job, and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Now, it wasn't when they first lost it. It felt like the worst thing. It was panic. It's confusion. It's terror. But then something else came out of that. Right? Relationships go this way. Especially for those who are, who are, who are you know, dating, and somebody's just friend groups. Ah, he's, he broke up with me, or we got close, or we stopped doing this. And it was the best thing that ever happened. Sometimes your marriage goes to a really hard place. Really hard. And you end up in counseling. You know what? That's the best thing that ever happened. 
But you go to these places, like, oh my gosh, like, I'm panicking. There's so much confusion. Why is this happening? It wasn't supposed to be this way. And yet, all of a sudden, you get out of it, and you look back, like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that happened. That's, that's what Jesus can do. That's what Jesus does. And so as these guys are hanging out, they think it's over. Oh, the worship team, you guys can come back up. And, uh, you know, they think it's over, but the story wasn't over. I read this, this great quote from Orson Welles this week. It says, if you want a happy ending, that depends, of, of course, on where you stop the story. Where you stop the story. They had kind of stopped the story prematurely. They'd written off Jesus. So like, oh, he's gone. The story's over. No, he's not done. The story's not over. Some of us have done that in our own lives. Like, well, yeah, I used to have that going for me, but now, you know, life happened, and the kids, and bills, and, you know, I'm too old, and whatever. You cut off the story. Jesus like, I'm not done with your story. I'm not done. Why are you done? Why are you done? Depends on where you stop the story. Hopes, dreams, fulfillment, right? missions, outreach, activities, neighborhoods, careers, restoration of relationships. Like, oh, that relationship's done. Depends where you stop the story. I'm never getting out of this financial mess. That depends where you stop the story. Depends where you stop the story. Oh, my kids are never coming back to me. That depends where you stop the story. Jesus hasn't stopped the story. He didn't stop the story. And it worked out before when Jesus brought them through some hard times. It works out again for you. It's, it's worked out before you're here somehow. It will work out again. It's about how you walk through it. And what I love about Jesus here, and we're just kind of reading a couple, couple paragraphs summarized, and some of the Gospels have a couple other things to add in that story, but it goes by pretty quick, that, that last times with the disciples. But what I see, and Luke summarizes it so well, is Jesus is walking them through where they're at, through a couple different places, and he's leading them through you know, touch me, see me, feel me. Let's look at the scripture. Let's pray together. Let's eat together. Let's worship together. And he takes them through this ark. And he doesn't leave until they're ready. He's like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna, I know you guys are a little fragile right now, so I'm going to take some time with you. Because when they leave, when he leaves, and they're, like, they're worshiping. They're full of joy. They started out in fear and terror and confusion and doubt. That's where they were when Jesus found them, right? Some of us. That's where I was, and Jesus found me. And now he spent time with them, and now he's going to ascend, he's going to give them the Spirit. But when he leaves them, like, oh, okay, okay, we're full of joy now. We can go back and worship. He changed everything. He changed everything. So, God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you do change everything. You changed everything then on the cross. You changed everything now in my life, in our life, and in this city, God. So we welcome you, Spirit, as we close out in song. Those of, you, those of you who need to hear from God again, because it's been a while, I just pray you would hear his voice. Lord, I pray you would clear the clutter of our minds or the, the anxiousness of our hearts. Maybe the panic in your soul, Lord, I pray you would bring peace and calm so we may hear you and may listen. In your name, amen.